That clip is a sermon in and of itself, isn't it? This is a guy, Robert Duvall, who has not lived a good life. This movie is called Get Low. And he wants to pay for the pastor to say good things about him at his funeral. He wants that because he thinks that if he, the pastor does say good things, that he will actually then go to heaven. And he wants to pay as much as he can for that. He's paid for everything his whole life. What he doesn't understand is that the grace, that God, that's, that living forever, that eternity, that everything here is free. Everything is free. Amen? We're going to be talking about that today. We're going to be talking about the free nature of God and, and the, the fact that all of us like to pay for stuff that we don't have to. If you're here for the first time, we welcome you to this incredible church. You see what's happening here. Baptisms are happening. Missionaries are going out. This is a very alive place for God. If I seem a little tired today, I, uh, I didn't have quite four weddings in a funeral, but I did have one wedding, an Armenian wedding. It was a fascinating wedding. Loved it. And then I had a funeral of a former member in Fresno just yesterday, uh, the mother of a former member. And so it's wonderful to have that whole cycle of life. So... What I want to talk about today, we've just finished our Look Up series, and I want to do what's called kind of a standalone message. I want to talk about grace. It's one of these words we use all the time, and we never really unpack. Does anybody here, has anyone ever been to a church before called Grace Church? Anyone? It's one of the most famous names and popular names for churches. Anybody here have a kid or a daughter named Grace? Anyone? Anyone have a son named Grace? I'm just checking. Okay. So grace is one of these words we use all the time, and I want to talk about what it means. It really means free. It means free. And I love free stuff. I, um, I went down to uh, the uh, AT&T store the other day because I saw that they had free rollover minutes. Now, I don't even know what free rollover minutes are, but I want them because they're free, right? And so I went up to the counter and I said, now I have my phone here and I want to get free rollover minutes. And he said, do you have a pre-existing plan? And I said, no, no, I, I don't want health insurance. I, I want free rollover minutes. But he said, you have to have a pre-existing plan if you're going to get free rollover minutes. But then it's not free, I said, is it? I mean, but you should write that on the flyer. It doesn't say pre-existing plan rollover minutes. It says free rollover minutes. So I was really bummed about this. And I was riding home with my daughter, Haley, and we were coming up to the house. And so I decided I just would try to do something free. I would watch TV because TV is free, right? Or, or not. And, and so then I watched four hours of TV because I was in a real funk. And then I actually felt really bad about myself. I felt actually quite guilty. I'd spent all that time watching TV. So not only did I pay for the TV channel, but also it's not free because I felt bad about it. And so then I did something to comfort myself. I went to the fridge to get some ice cream because that's free, right? Well, it wasn't really because this thing wasn't here like last week. Like this developed just overnight because it's not free, is it? And I started thinking about it, and I started thinking about the fact that nothing really in this life is free. I mean, even today's worship service, right? It's not free. I mean, I'm not talking about the giving back. I'm talking about which door you're going to go out at the end of service, right? If you go out that door, you can pretty much get out without talking to anyone. But if you go out this door, you're going to have to see me, and you're going to have to be like, good job, even if you don't mean it, you know? (laughs) And then I'll have to show you pictures of my daughter Haley, and that's going to not be free, right? So everything in this life is it costs and that's what paul wants to talk to us about today and he's talking to this church in ephesus and they're feeling totally weighed down by the costs of life by guilt and by money and by by everything in life that costs so i want to lift up this text and i want us to get this idea of freeness of god as we look at this text let's take a look at ephesians 2 1 through 10 
Let's look, in for, look at God's word. He begins this way, as for you, I love it when people start a conversation like that with me. Grandma always say that, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions. You were weighted down by the costs of life in which you used to live. And then he uses this powerful metaphor for Satan or the evil one. People ask me, why don't I use the word Satan in church? And part of it is because I don't want to sound like the church lady, but part of it is because I believe there's power in that word. I don't even use that word. And, and the Bible thought it was powerful too. And that's why there's all these metaphors for the evil one. One of them is Beelzebub. Have you ever heard that one? Love that word for the evil one. It literally means Lord of the Flies. That's what it means. That's where William Golding gets the title of that book, Lord of the Flies. It's like flies over a, a dead carcass. Or uh, another, this one here is a great word for the evil one. It's Lord of the Kingdom of the Air, ruler of the Kingdom of the Air. You know those days when the, there's nothing moving? It's just like just dead outside. It's just like solid air. We feel that humidity sometimes here. And interestingly, a word for God is breath, movement, wind, ruach, spirit. So here's a deep thought here. So the kingdom of the air is just this stagnant air, but when God moves, that's God. A deeper thought in our lives is where there's movement, there's God. Where there's staying, there's not. If you're moving, if you're growing in your life, God's there. If he's not, if you're not, you're not. Okay, let's keep going. So all of us used to live by this kingdom of the air. And we used to gratify the cravings of our sinful nature. We, we watched TV, we ate lots of ice cream and other things. And we followed his sinful desires. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, he loved us so much, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive. He gave us something free with Christ, even when we were dead, even when we were weighed down. And here's one of the key phrases here. It is by grace that you have been saved. The word in Greek for grace is actually made up by Paul, charis. Would you say that with me? Charis. It's a good way to start the morning. Charis. Paul made it up. It actually doesn't exist. It means joy gift or something. Our closest equivalent would be freebie. Like it says on a flyer, freebie rollover minutes. That's the same kind of word that he would use here. So it is by freebie that you've been saved. A freebie. And in case you didn't get it, he says it again, for it is by freebie you have been saved. It's free through faith. What is faith? Now, a lot of people would want you to think that faith is like this deep, dark, intellectual thing that you've got to discover. No, that's not faith. Faith is just trust. It's just trusting in the free gift. That's all you got to do. Trust that God's going to give you free gifts all the time. Through faith, it is not from yourselves. In case he didn't get it, he says it four times. It is a gift. It's free. Not by your works, so that nobody can boast. Because boasting's not free either. I haven't been watching TV all summer. I have been reading a little bit. And I picked up a book that I read in seminary, kind of. But I'm really reading now on Martin Luther. Now, when I say the word Martin Luther, if you've raised, been raised in the church, you, you're probably turning your brain off right now. It's like one of those dead white European guys, right? But actually, Martin Luther was a very normal person like you and I, who was feeling totally weighted down by all of the things of life. So he's out in the middle of a field one day. He's walking, and he's feeling weighted down. Maybe you're feeling weighted down today by all of the things that cost. And a lightning bolt strikes just near him. It hits the earth. And Martin Luther thinks he actually might die. 
And so he says something which you should never say because then you have to do it. He says, dear God, if you would save me from this, I'll do anything you want me to do, including joining a monastery. So he was saved from this lightning bolt. So the next day he goes to this monastery. He knocks on the door and he enters a monastery. Normal person, just like you and I. And I don't know if you know about monastic living, but the whole thing is about kind of paying for your salvation. So they wake up at four and then they pray and confess and then they continue to pray and confess at 5, and they pray and confess at 7, and then they do it again at 10, and then they worship, have a worship service at noon, and then they work in the afternoon, and then they pray and confess around 5, and then they pray and confess again at 7, and then 9, and then they do the whole thing over again the next day. Now, Martin Luther had a tendency to sleep in past 4 o'clock sometimes, and so he would miss his confession. But this was a really nice Benedictine seminary, a cemetery, I mean, seminary. And they asked him, they said, you know what? We will give you a credit card for your confession. You can just run up a debt of confession. So just run up as many hours as you want, but then you have to actually do them later. So he racked up 100, 200, 300 hours of needing to kind of work for these free gifts of God. And then he became like really angry at God. I mean, how can I love God? I'm like in debt to God and I'll never work this thing off. And every day he felt further and further in debt. Maybe you feel that in your life today. But then he read this text. And his understanding of this text started this entire movement that we have today. It is by grace that you have been saved. It's a literal freebie. It's free. Not a result of your own works. So that no one can boast. So I want to think about that with you for a little bit. I want to think about the cost of life and the freeness of God. First is this, everything in life costs. Everything in life costs. I heard about this couple who went in to see an attorney recently, and they asked this attorney, um, how much are your services? And this attorney said, well, I charge $50 for three questions. $50 for three questions, said the guy. Doesn't that seem obscene to you, $50 for just three questions? Well, I guess it does seem a little much. Okay, what's your third question? Said the attorney. Takes a moment to get that one. Everything in life costs, right? Now, when usually when we talk about the cost of life, we're talking about money. But let's think about some of the other things that cost in life. One of the things that costs is conflict. Have you ever decided, well, I'm going to get into this conflict with them, but I'm going to feel bad for like four hours before and four hours after? And sometimes we have to have these conflicts, like with our kids or with our spouses, our neighbors. But you still feel like you paid, right? They're not free. Guilt, guilt costs, right? I have friends in this church from Minnesota. Um, they tell me that in Minnesota, cold takes the place of guilt. You don't need it in Minnesota because you're so cold and in the middle of winter, you don't have time to worry about it. <laughs> but guilt costs, doesn't it? It's one of those things that just weighs on us. And we don't even, we actually tell ourselves before we'll do something, I am not going to feel guilty about this. I am not. And then we do. <laughs> we do. So guilt costs. Health costs. Our health. Everything that we do with our health, it, it costs. Time. Time costs. We only have so much time. And we have to decide how we're going to spend our lives. There's this uh, famous story of this guy, I've, I've told you this before, about this guy who was a metal detector specialist in England. 
And he was going along with his metal detector and he was going along and his job was to find like aluminum cans, right? And just try to make his money. And so he'd go along, beep, 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 beep. But one day this thing went off and it just kept going off, beep. We figured his detector was broken. And so the next day he went back and he went over that. So beep. So he went down on his knees, true story, his name's John. And he found like all this gold, real gold from like the seventh century. And it turned into like a hundred million dollars of gold. And so then a reporter came up to him and said, John, how cool. You were like homeless before and now you've found this gold and like you're a multimillionaire. And John said, oh, it wasn't free. Always paid for the last 40 years with my life for this one. For 40 years, he's been working for this thing. I went to my uh, high school reunion, my 20th high school reunion. And uh, I wasn't going to go because my 10 year was so traumatic for me. It was such a brag fest. Have you ever been to one of these reunions? And people were coming up and being like, uh, you know, they would ask, well, what do you do? And some guy would say, I'm a hedge fund manager. And then they would ask me and I would be like, I'm a pastor. And they'd be like, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but, but I liked the 20-year reunion because everyone had kind of calmed down a little bit. And, and people would come up and this guy came up to me and said, Graham, you look great. I'm like, thanks. So do you. But he didn't. He didn't look great. I, I was lying. He didn't look great at all. I'm sure he was lying to me. Because <laughs> time costs, right? Time costs. It wears us down. Everything in our life costs, except for one thing, salvation. Salvation. Now, I don't like the word salvation. I don't, you don't hear me using the word salvation because it's kind of a complex word. But what does salvation mean? Salvation really means all the gifts God has given you. They're free. All the gifts God has given you. And there's at least three kinds of gifts that God has given you. And he's already given you seven gifts on the way to church today. You just don't even know what they are. Maybe like a meteor was coming from heaven and then it stopped in the middle of the tracks. But let me just show you what this small gifts God has given us. One, he sometimes just pays a bill for us that we needed paid. Two, a job opens up in the middle of nowhere, and you just all of a sudden needed a job, and he gave you a job. Three, maybe you parked a little bit too long in a parking meter, and there the parking meter did not give you a ticket. Or maybe a friend calls you in the middle of the night, three in the morning, and you needed that call. That's God's gift, small g. And then there's middle g grace, and some of you in this room have experienced middle g grace. And that's, middle G grace is like a healthy diagnosis. You weren't going to make it through this sickness. And God gave you a gift from God. Or some of you have had addictions issues. I don't believe you can actually get through an addiction without God's gift in your life. A relationship. Some of you had kids who you were not in connection with and all of a sudden it just came back together again. It's a gift from God. And then finally, maybe you have a new vision for your life. And then there's the big G. That's what we usually think of for salvation. That is eternal life with God. It's a gift. Now, I'll tell you what happens in church. A lot of times what happens is God gives us these gifts free, free, free. They come from heaven. Free, 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 free. And then they get to the church. And the church makes people pay. Pay, 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 pay. Someone told me the other day, they said, you know, I saw someone in church who was drunk. And they should not be coming to church if they were drunk. Free, 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 free to all people, even if you have an issue with addiction. And the best person said, no, he must pay. He must pay. 
Another person told me, you know, that person shouldn't be in leadership. That person is not right with God. They should not be leading. Free, 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 pay, pay. This happened to Jesus all the time. Jesus was giving out free gifts. His main thing was to come and give free gifts out to everyone. There was a, there was a woman who came to him named Mary Magdalene. And she brought this perfume and she laid it at his feet. And she said, this is free. And Jesus said, thank you. And the disciples said, she shouldn't be doing that. She hasn't paid for that. There was a man on a cross hanging next to Jesus. And the other man said, ha, Jesus, you've got what you've come. You've got what you've paid for now. You're going to die. And the man on the cross, the other man said, no, he's done nothing. He, he doesn't have to pay for this. It's free. Now, the church needs standards, right? We need to have standards for communion, standards for leadership. But we need to be real careful that we don't make people pay for the things that God has given us for free. Now, I just want to say this is the most graceful church. If we were going to change the name of this church to one thing, I would say Grace Church would be a great name for it because we do give out gifts all the time that God has given to us. So one thing the church does is we make people pay. The second thing that happens is People just want to pay. We won't take in free stuff. You know, this dance academy that we just had that was free? We could, it was funny when we told people about this free dance academy. We were like, we have these New York City dancers coming for this dance academy. And then people were excited. And then we said, it's free. And you could see people's faces going, oh, one of those. It's something about free stuff we just won't take in. I've told this story before, but there was this dad named Nicky Gumbel who was a speaker. And he... He, was, he came home one day, and his daughter was crying up in her room. And, uh, and Nikki went up and said, Honey, why are you crying? And she said, Oh, it's too bad. Now, when your daughter says that to you as a dad, you're like, Okay, here we go. And so the dad says, All right, whatever it is, honey, Daddy loves you. Whatever it is. And the little girl said, Well, I got my report card. And dad went, Oh, whew. okay, just a report card. What is it? Well, I got a D and a C and a D and a D and an A. Well, look, I love you, okay? And if you got all A's, I'd still love you, or all F's, I'd still love you. I just love you. But no matter what Nikki told his daughter, she couldn't take the love in. She just felt that she needed to work for it. She needed to work for the A's. You and I are the same way. You know what? We actually need a gift of grace to accept the gift of grace, we are not wired to take free stuff. So we actually need to pray today that God gives us another gift to open our hearts to accept a free gift. So number one, everything in this life costs. And if you feel weighted down today about that, then just know that that's just life. It costs. Except for salvation. That's all free. But the last point I want to say in this most important thing is it wasn't free for Jesus. It wasn't free for Jesus. The true story, this uh, big, big church somewhere was trying to cut back because they were trying to figure out their salaries for their staff. It was like 200 teachers in the children's ministries program. And so they had to figure out where they were going to cut. So there was this wonderful woman named Betty who she had worked for the church for like 30 years. And, and so they wanted to find out, like she was about to retire, so they were going to give her a big goodbye package but say it's kind of time to go. 
So they looked at their salaries and they noticed they had this huge heart attack. The finance committee figured out they hadn't actually paid Betty for the last 20 years. Big mistake. And then the weird thing is she never said anything about it. She never came forward and said, I, I haven't got my paycheck. So, so they had to go to Betty. So the whole finance committee went, the whole personnel committee went, and they also figured out they would owe her $100,000 if they were going to pay her for 20 years of service in children's ministries. So they went to this woman's, her trailer home, and they knocked on her door, and 16 cats jumped outside the door as they knocked on it, and there was a big green shag carpet and a Naga Hyde chair in the corner and a little cross above it. And the finance committee all walked into this tiny little trailer home. They said, Betty, we need to talk to you. Betty said, well, let's have some tea first. And they said, no, no, I think we better talk first. So they all sat down there in the living room. Betty said, well, what is it? Well, we, we just need to confess to you something, said the committee. We are so sorry that we haven't paid you for 20 years. She said, I know. <laughs> I know. You know? Well, why didn't you say anything 20 years ago? Well, I just figured, well, it was an error in accounting and it was going to be okay. Well, we would like to pay you now, Betty, but it would be $100,000 plus and we have no money in this church. And Betty said, no, I don't want you to pay me. You don't want to pay? No, no, said Betty, because I was paid a long time ago. I was paid a long time ago. You and I, we were paid a long time ago. And we can never work this thing off. And so what all God wants you to do today is by the gift of grace to somehow accept the gifts of grace, all the gifts in your life. And when you do that, your life changes. It just changes the way you approach this whole thing. Because otherwise it's just one weight after another. But when you begin to see that it's God who gives all these gifts, then, then, you really begin to live. Would you pray with me? God, we confess to you today, Lord, that we actually need a gift from you to help us to accept a free gift. Because everyone in this room, myself included, want to work for what we cannot pay for. So God, I pray that you would help us to know that we need to just lay our lives before you today. That we, like Luther, can never pay for what you paid for. And we also come to you today, Lord, with our burdens. And every one of us has this weight on our hearts about things that we have done and things that we continue to do. And we lift that up to you and say, Lord, we ask that you would take them from us. And I ask that you would help us to feel the free gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.